it's easy to give up on your creative art projects. It's easy to just let them slip away into nothingness, to kind of forget that they existed, to become frustrated, to become disillusioned. The question is, why does this happen? And what can we do to fix it? What can we do to stay the course and actually finish our artistic endeavors? Now, your artistic project could be anything. This is really just a matter of considering a larger creative work. For us in the entertainment design industry, we're often making things. This could be making an art book, a sketchbook, something you print, something you're gonna take to conventions, a series of stickers, prints. You could be trying to, you know, add to a product to create a board game, a video game, uh, a comic book, a story of some kind, an illustrated story, whatever it is. The goal here is just to, you know, create a larger body of work, to try and create something that is more than just a single image and try and make it to be more than the sum of its parts, to have some real creative energy and reason to exist a larger creative project. These are often good because they allow us to actually do good work and learn a lot of things. Applying ourselves to a project is one of the best ways to actually build skills that you kind of can't learn by just kind of messing around. Often it is the needs of production and the thought processes of trying to create a larger world that actually allow you to build the skills you need to get a good job or just to learn how to create the things that you want to create. It's fair to say that probably most people do give up on most of the creative projects that they start. I've certainly given up on a huge number of things that I've started. And over the years, I've learned how to, you know, actually get them across the line, how to finish them. And in this video, what I want to do is talk about three of the main problems and, you know, issues that I think people have when it comes to finishing a creative project and what we can do to overcome them and get our project across the line. Mastering this is one of the best ways to maximize your creative expression, to maximize your creative freedom, to be able to turn the ideas that you have that might not be suited to other projects. It allows you to turn those into a real product and really learn what it takes to create something. And I think if we never really get to the point that we can complete these things, if this is something you want to do, it can be very frustrating. And it's also one of the best ways to further your career opportunities because being able to do this really allows you to explore a lot of creative possibilities that, again, just aren't possible if you're creating one image at a time. Welcome to the Visual Scholar Podcast. My name is Tim McBurney. I have been a professional working artist for over 20 years and on this show, we're all about demystifying the worlds of art, creativity, and productivity so that you can get better faster and enjoy your artistic journey. All right. So as I've talked about previously on the Visual Scholar podcast, I spent a lot of time muddling my way through various comic book projects and other grand schemes that I had to make stuff. And it really wasn't until I understood a lot of the basic processes that go into kind of creating anything and specifically how those ideas relate to the artistic creative process that I sort of got my ability going to be able to sort of finish projects and, and get them across the line. And I've spoken previously about some good tips that will help you to start 
your project, ideas like sort of skeletoning out your sort of project. I think that's so important. If you don't do that, it's very hard here to finish them. So if you haven't listened to that one, um, I think it was the previous or the episode before that, really sort of digging into, again, how you start your projects, planning them properly, thinking about deliverables, and also just expecting friction, right? Because this is challenging. This is one of the most challenging things I think you can do. If you really learn to handle your creative projects and you can make things, I think that it allow it opens up a lot of opportunities. It really sort of changed my mindset from being like someone who needed other collaborators to complete things, right, in a really sort of desperate way to being someone who looked for collaborators who had good abilities that complemented my own, where I knew it's not that I needed someone to complete a project, it's, it's that I knew that working with someone would allow us to create a better project than we could on our own. And I think shifting your mindset to that and also being able to express yourself creatively for me anyway, has really allowed me to become a better collaborator when I am working with people on teams. And, and this is one of the things that you may not think is like a massive benefit of being able to complete your project, but it's really been invaluable to me because I was someone who I think was kind of hard to work with because I had a lot of my own creative ideas. And if you're the same, I think knowing how challenging it is, like for, for instance, I was someone who started off kind of really wanting to write things. I wanted to write fantasy stories, fantasy novels, and I sort of became an artist and I'd be an artist working with writers. And, you know, I'd sort of be thinking like, oh, you know, this story, you know, could be better or this could be better or this could be worse or whatever. And I was very much that sort of backseat driver, right? Like not a good collaborator. When I wrote my own book and I got to handle all the things and finally I was like, ah, finally I can do it all. You realize how challenging it is, how hard it is to write a good story how hard it is to make every line of dialogue good, how hard it is to make sure that there's no plot holes, that, you know, there's none of these things that I'd be looking at other people's scripts and thinking like, oh, why isn't this sort of perfect? You know, I think you just get a much better appreciation for the fact that we're all human, that, you know, even these big sort of AAA projects and, you know, Hollywood blockbuster films are just made up of all people who are trying their best. And these things are very challenging. It allowed me much more to appreciate the people I was working with because I knew how hard everyone's job was, right? And that when I'm work doing it all myself, I kind of know how hard it is. And when I'm working with other people, I appreciate the help that they give. And I think, again, that's just sort of helped me in general to, to you know, further my career, become better at working with people. So I think there's something to be said for that is, you know, the more you understand how challenging it is to art direct a project on your own, the more you appreciate when you're working with an art director. And even when they might give you challenging things, I think you understand they're going through challenges and that there are, you know, sometimes things are just complicated, right? And, and it's not necessarily a challenge that is someone else's fault. It's a challenge that's inherent to the process, to the production. And also, I think it really changed my attitude towards being someone who was a creator, a producer of things. And you kind of see how behind the curtains things are made. And like, this is how everything's made. <laughs> you look around, you go to a shop and you see a, a million products and it's very easy to look at those and, and have this sort of mystical idea, right? Of like how all these things are created. And I think this is something that we have as a conception when we are consumers that you, you look at products and you kind of imagine everything is made like, you know, overseas, if you're in a sort of a Western market, often, you know, working with factories in China, you kind of imagine that it's some big sort of factory process. 
we often see these mechanized industrial productions where you have like cars and production lines and it's all kind of very smooth and everyone's, you know, wearing white lab coats and everything's kind of organized. And what you realize is like most production is just done by people in warehouses with, you know, tools that are imperfect and everyone's just trying their best. And, you know, that we all, even though there's all this imperfection, we, we often come up with very finished products. And I think that's an important insight into how the world is made is that all of these things have challenges. The process is always messy. There's always mistakes. And I think that is just a really important insight to understand that everything around you is built. You can build it too. And all you have to do is kind of deal with this very hard challenge, which is like figuring out how to manage the project. And I think as we progress as creative professionals, your ability to sort of outsource different elements of the production and really focus on your task and your key um, sort of role is going to become easier and easier, right? It's going to become easier for you to make the things that you want to make. So this skill of being able to manage the project and your own creative output across time when you're trying to create something bigger, I think is going to be one of the most important skills, which is, again, it's why I keep going on and on about it because um, it was very challenging for me to learn and I think it's very important to, to learn and it opens up a lot of opportunities. So anyway, hopefully that kind of helps frame, right, sort of where I'm, where I'm going with this and, and why I think it's so important. It's not just a matter of like creating a series of three prints, right? It, it's the conceptual idea of that of what that means and the fact that that's often the difference between something feeling like it's a professional product and you just kind of making a, making a bit of art and kind of just putting it on your shelf or, um, you know, um, yeah, just kind of leaving your sketchbook there. It's like, no, if we make something out of it, I often say this, that if you look at art, often this is another one of those things. If you're just around the art game, you kind of know that when we, we finish our original, it just kind of, it looks a little bit, you know, so like, that's just a bit of art. When you frame it, when you put it in a nice frame on a wall in a gallery and you have a gallery showing and all everyone comes around and everyone's sipping wine, right, and looking at all the art, as soon as you put a frame around it, it becomes art, right? And it's the same with a product. You have a whole bunch of random little images and things and bits and pieces, but you turn it into a product, put a box around it, you put a logo on it, you shrink wrap it, and all of a sudden, oh, that's a product like all the others. Um. And again, just understanding this production process is is so valuable for just feeling confident that you can do all of these other things and that there's nothing special about it. Although there is something special, it's just very challenging to do. So the first thing that I think often stops us from finishing projects and that I think if we understand it, it can really not just help us, but be the thing that really guides us is understanding the creative process itself. Now, I know this may seem like a super generic thing, but I think there's fundamental ways that the idea of a creation loop, which again, I'll unpack in a little bit, and our mastery of that is very much at the root of our ability to get things across the line. Now, I think there's a number of simple stages that a creation process goes through. And the interesting thing is that these ideas are the same that you go through with a single image as they are when you are creating a larger project. I think most things that are created go through these simple phases and it's very important to understand them because if you don't complete a creation loop, 
then you don't fully get better at doing the next one, essentially. It, it's, it's a matter of managing not just the creation process, but also your view of it. So, so let's go through the stages and we'll talk about the creation loop and why it tends to be one of the things that really trips people up and, and how I think linking up a lot of the knowledge that you might have just from being able to complete a single image can actually give you insight into how a project itself will go. So typically with a creation loop, you have an idea is the first thing that we think of. The second thing is that then we plan that idea. This is where I often talk about skeletoning out the project, figuring out what your deliverables are. The third aspect is where you actually sort of start. And I, I typically break the building or the creation process, the actual making of the thing, the production, down into a number of key stages. The first is where we start. And the, the starting of the process, I think, is often something that most people can get on board with. Um, but as I said in a previous episode where I talked about starting a project, there can be friction at this start phase because you do kind of start to see the reality of the project. But still, I think the main thing we have on our side here is energy. You still have a lot of energy in the start phase. Then we kind of, you know, get to the point where we're in the middle. And the middle is often referred to as the messy middle, the valley of despair. I talk about this a lot. And if you've tried to create like a larger illustration, you know, something that's more pushing like 30 to 40 hours, where you're going to need to really stick with it in, in order to finish it. You kind of encounter this thing. You've lost all the energy from the beginning. You can't see where things are going to finish. And you're just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. This is like the middle of the production process. And it can be very challenging for a number of reasons. Everyone goes through this. doesn't matter how experienced you are. Experience is just a matter of understanding at that phase that you need to push forward. And what you're trying to do in the middle is get to the point where you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is the third phase of the build process. And this is where you're not finished yet, but you can actually see that it's going to be finished. There's a lot of things here, though, where people still can trip up because you start to see how everything is actually going to end up. And, and often, I mean, the reality of most products and most things is that what's presented to the, the, the public, right? The finished product. We, we often market this as like, this is finished. These are the features and benefits of it. This is why it's good. But I think with almost all projects, there are things that we plan to put in it that didn't end up making into the finished product. So often this is where you see the finished product and you realize what it is. You can see the shape of it. You know how much you're going to have to go to get it done. But can also be a bit challenging because we often see that it's different to what we had in, in mind. The last stage, the fourth stage of the build process, the production process, is where it is finished. And, and this really is where you get to look at it and kind of think like, what else needs doing? There is a phase at the end where you do get to polish. And I think Often what people do is they maybe polish too much, they don't let it go, but often this is the difference between something really getting that extra one or two percent of finish and, and something not is like stepping back, looking at it, 
looking at the finished product, trying to edit it essentially. You've done the production. You don't want to do this in the beginning, in the middle, even when you see the light at the end of the tunnel. When it's finished and you've completed all the production work, you've completed all the assets, there is an editing phase at the end where it's finished, you step back, you look at it and you're like, maybe if I just took this bit out, if I added a tiny bit here, if I changed these colors here, if I lost these edges, if I added a little bit more detail, right? If I tweaked the, the colors, the, the brightness, the contrast, maybe if I reduced the contrast in some areas, whatever it is, you refine the hierarchy of detail. Once you kind of finished it, you step back and you're like, ah, oh, this is what I've actually got. How can I refine it and make it better? Take it to the next level. How can I plus it? And this is like a short phase, but it's important A, to know that this will be there because often you do need to just move forward when you're in the middle. And this is often what I would, you know, be sort of dealing with, you know, I'm drawing a comic book and I'm, sometimes I have to tell myself that like, can be hard in the middle to know whether or not you're on point in terms of quality because we're often just trudging through. And often what I tell myself is, if this is really not good enough, I'll come back and fix it at that final stage. But I'm just going to push forward. And, and often what happens is when it is finished, right, if you avoid editing and you just kind of create and push forward, you can step back. And often what I find is like stuff where I was fiddling around, you know, changing colors, stressing out, like mid, you know, fiddling with some image, you know, trying to get the logo of a product just right, you know, fiddling around with these things. When you step back, you take a little bit of a break from it, that final production phase where you just get to analyze and edit. I'd say in most cases, the things that I was really worried about when I look at it, um, half the time it's fine. <laughs> More than half the time it's fine. And there'll be other bits where I now notice that, look, I hadn't even considered it, but now that I look at it, something is wrong, right? And this speaks to what we'll get at, um, you know, with a few of these other big challenges is that it can be tricky to know and see what's actually wrong, what's actually going to make a difference. And the more you understand this and just give yourself the time at the end to be like, look, you know, I think I've sort of done most of the production work on your page, your, um, you know, illustrations, whatever it is you're doing. If you know that you're going to be able to revisit it, it allows you to just move forward, produce more, stop, you know, overworking stuff in the middle. Um, because again, you know, you can come back to it. So there's this final phase, the editing phase, the polishing phase. It's where you kind of set it, right? You put the stamp on it, like this is done or it's not done. Um, you make those creative decisions. And at that point, once you, once you finish this, like it's done, it's finished. You're shipping it, you're printing it. There's nothing more you can do. But I think there is this editing phase um, at the end. Um, and I think there's there's a couple more sort of phases. The, the last one is where you, you physically publish or produce or manufacture. You, you post it on the internet, whatever it is. But you actually say, like, I'm done with it, right? It becomes its final form and it, 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 it has the utility now that it was designed to have, let's say. If you're just saying, what I'm going to do is scan my sketchbook for this year, I'm going to print 100 copies of it, and I'm going to take it to a convention and try and sell it, or I'm going to sell it on my website, whatever it is, right? There's a point at which you actually have that thing, and it's you know available for sale, and it's finished. It's not finished, finished, but it's finished. It actually has its final form. It's out in the world. It's doing the thing that it needs to do. People are playing this game. They can buy it. It's shrink-wrapped. 
right? It's done. You can't take it back at that point, right? It's not like finished and you're editing it. Like it is done. And that really is the last phase of you doing it. But th there is a, a final phase, which is the review phase, which is after you've done all that, I think you get to see how this project looks and feels after all that's said and done. And you do get to review. And I think it's that insight where you really see what are the ideas I had in the beginning at the idea phase? How did I plan it? How did I execute as I was trudging through the middle? How did I do my editing phase at the end? You really see how all of these things kind of come together and what are the big mistakes you made? What are the things that you didn't think were going to turn out well that turned out well? There's often a lot of really surprising things here that you learn. And I think this is why the creation loop is so important. And I call it a loop is that the next phase in the loop is where you go back to coming up with ideas. And the ideas that you have are going to be based on maybe what is easy to plan and then what is easy to execute in the middle. And what you find is your ideas and your planning phase benefit from that review right at the end. This is not something I think that you need to do consciously. This is just what happens when you produce things. It's a natural process of evolution of your product and your process and your thought process. This is the exact same thing that happens when you finish a piece of work, like a, a single image, a single page of your sketchbook. This is why I think it's important to finish stuff, to create and close the loop because you get to review it and that influences the ideas you have in, you know, as we progress. Um, and I'll, again, I'll unpack this a little bit as we talk about the second thing, which is really a matter of understanding this process from the internal standpoint, like how your emotional sort of landscape goes as you, as you handle this. But, you know, the example I often use is that if you're starting out as an illustrator, as, as someone who's creating pictures, you often have ideas in your head that are moving, but an illustrator can only really create a single static image at a time. Often an illustrator, you know, a painter, someone who's creating a, a book cover level quality finished product, they can only create one per week or one per month, you know. You, you have to really pack a lot of ideas into one image. So what you tend to find is that people who begin illustrative careers have moving images in their heads. They haven't trained themselves to think of how to make a static image feel like it's moving. And it's this creation process that allows you to refine that, right? Continually refine that until the ideas that you have in the beginning are actually things that can be created when you're in the middle and the way that you plan it is also going to support all of those other structures. So it, it's a complete process. And if you understand it, it allows you to kind of iterate and get better and better at these products. And the reality is that the first thing you make, the first creative project you complete is not necessarily always going to be your best. It just is the thing that you create and understanding that this is a process and this is a skill is important. Now, that's just information, right? But but why does this normally stop people? Well, as you can see that there's a number of points of like massive friction. And I talked previously in a previous episode about friction as it relates to the beginning. But there's also a lot of these friction points at the end that if you tried to do one of these things, you've no doubt sort of realized where 
you do get to the middle and often this is where most people lose their way. They don't understand that there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. They don't understand that every product goes through this, that everyone creates this sense of disillusionment in the middle. doesn't matter how experienced you get. Um, you know, I know so many people who do this stuff for a living, like on a, on a big scale, make video games, you know, with small teams, um, projects, comic books. I've talked to so many people about this, talked to so many students. The fact that there is a bit in the middle that just feels like a valley of despair is just a part of the process. And your job is to manage it, to create good work at that time, because you know you're going to you're going to finish it. So Understanding that, that there's challenges there, but everyone else is going through that, I think is really critical. So often people trip up there, the middle. People often also trip up at the end where they start to see it come together. And I think often, I mean, this is a little bit more, I guess, metaphysical, right? A little bit more of like a philosophical, spiritual thing. But I think often people are scared of the thing they're creating. They don't really know what it is. And, and I think often the fact that the thing that we're creating doesn't turn out necessarily exactly like we imagined is scary. And we, we, we can often feel like that's a failure, like something's gone wrong, right? Because, hey, we're in the, this middle, it's messy. Or, and then we see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, oh, this is not exactly what I had in mind. Or I think people, even if it is, I think people can be just terrified by the fact that you've done this and there's this thing's here and like, what are people going to think of it? Have I done the right thing? There's a feeling where you can second guess yourself once you see the finished product there. This may not be for you, but but I have seen a lot of these weird mind games people play where, again, if you haven't gone through this process, um, it's very challenging. For me, with every one of these videos I make, it, it's a similar thing, right? Um, you know, there's a point at which you kind of see, I see the video come together and then I'm just like, is anyone going to have any interest in this? Is this like, does this even make sense? Um, and it's only through pressing upload and publishing it and, and, and sort of going back and, and going through that editing phase where I'm just kind of like, do I need to cut this bit out? Does this make sense? Am I saying the same thing again and again? Am I rambling too much? I mean, I'm always rambling too much, but like, am I really rambling too much? Um, you know, th th there's, a, there's a point at which you second guess yourself because you see the finished product. There's the idea, you do it, you complete it. And, and I think it's so hard to know, right? That there just is this sort of void of confidence at that point. Um, and just going through the process, right? Like uploading the video, seeing it. And like, again, often the weird thing is, the art that I create, the videos I create that I often think are really good don't necessarily get the most response. And ones where I'm like really second guessing myself, sometimes they get a really good response. And that's always been the case with my art where I sit there and almost, this is, this is a weird thing, but <clears throat> almost I, I feel like I can rely on this where if I'm working on an image and I feel like it's just terrible. It's just a complete catastrophe, right? I'm looking at it and I'm like, this is just not working. I would say in most cases, when I've persevered and I've tried to figure out how to finish it, it's become the best thing I've ever done and everyone likes it. And it's just completely inexplicable. But 
the point is that until you go through these emotional cycles, um, it's very hard to know. And a lot of people can trip up at the end and not really know how to get it across the line. Now, there's a lot of technical aspects here that are obviously going to come into play, right? You may not physically know how to finish things off or give it that sort of final 10%. There's a lot of rational reasons why you go to finish something, you see that light at the end of the tunnel and you know like this is not going to end well. But And that may be right, but it also may be wrong. You may just need to keep going and finish it and it may be amazing. It's only through going through this process and understanding this process, becoming intimate with this process and understanding that this is really the secret to how everything is done. And instead of running away from that process and getting sort of tripped up at different phases to understand that the more you learn about it, right? Every time you encounter struggle with this creative process, with the creation loop, is you learning how to do it better. And that fundamentally, if you can do that better, you can transfer those skills to a lot of different things. The confidence I've had developed over the years creating images is something I've tried to bring to making videos where, again, I don't have the technical expertise. I don't have the oratory expertise necessarily, but I kind of understand the creative process and it gives me maybe more confidence and more ability to deal with that process and the challenges that that brings um, than someone else in mind who doesn't have that creative experience. So I think it's, it's a fundamental skill. Anyway, that's it's a long it's a long way to go to say, this is a fundamental skill. The way that it often trips people up is that there's just natural points along the way where you're going to feel lost. You're going to feel like you should give up. You're going to feel like the project is it's definitely a failure. <laughs> there's no way anyone's going to like it. And the, the more you appreciate that process and just understand, look, here's where it's going to happen. Here be dragons, right? You know, I'm going to come around this corner and like, you know, it's not like that train is always on time. These emotions are going to come up um, and learning to deal with them and just understanding that there is value pushing forward. Even if you come up with a project where at the end you're like, this is not as good as I wanted, that, that ability to master that process is like mana from heaven, right? It is literally... It is literally the secret energy that you need in order to complete these projects is your ability to encounter those challenges. So all I would kind of say is that the key is if you encounter frustration there, right, understand that that creation process exists, look at where you are on that process. And if you're feeling these emotions, just realize, look, everyone else is dealing with these emotions too. Your job is to figure out how to deal with them yourself and that there's immense value in that. And even when you fail, it's information, it's learning. You'll get better at this. And you can't necessarily fix a lot of these challenges that'll come up with the end of a project by going back and stopping. That you need to push forward. You need to figure out what's there. You need to see there and feel those emotions for yourself um, so you learn how you deal with them. Even if like, look, honestly, the end result is not as good as you know it could be. The only way you will be able to make it good is to master the creative process and go through the creation loop. The second thing that I think is critical to master when it comes to finishing things, the thing that I think trips people up the most, and this is an internal view, as I said, is what I kind of call like the mental image paradox, right? The mental image principle, which is that Often the thing we're dealing with as artists is our own mental image, the expect expectations we have of 
particular image or a particular project. And it's so important to understand this little nugget of information because it's vital to, I think, how the creative process exists. And it's really just linked to how we view the things that we're doing at different stages along the process. And this is very much linked to that idea of an artist, as I said, who's an illustrator thinking in images. So often the thing is that you think of a project, you think of uh, an image and you imagine it being a certain way, but we have these different stages. So the different stages are pretty simple. We have our image of the work before we have started creating it. We have our image of the work as we are creating it, right? Once we've actually started. And then we have the image in our head of the thing we're creating after we've finished, once it's done. And then there is the view of other people and how they view it after you've finished. Now, you could also add in if you wanted to go extra to, to look at like, there's probably worth considering the way that other people view your work before you've created it, when it's just an idea, if you do share an idea with them. And also the view of the work as it's being created, because when you are working with other people commercially, it's important to manage that. And, and this whole thing getting mixed up is immensely confusing for people. So this can be challenging when you're dealing with other people, but I'm really just going to view it here, looking at it as if it's just you. You are creating a project by yourself and you're dealing with these things. Now, the thing is that our image of something before we're creating it is, is often a mental image. And the more you practice your creation loop, your creation of projects, you get a better idea of expecting what the process is going to be, what you're going to be able to achieve, what the things you're actually going to be able to do that are going to produce a really high quality result. What are the things that maybe like a lot of people might think are going to make a difference, but you know aren't. There's often little things you know where everyone is going to want to do something or another and they're going to imagine like this is the thing that's going to make the difference between their project, their artistic project, their art book, their set of cards, their their prints, whatever it is. Like this is the thing that's going to make it make a difference. It's only after you do this a lot that you kind of get a feel for like if I did this thing with my image, if I created like, you know, again, often a really interesting thing is like, you know, if you create a series of prints, right, and you make them sort of linked thematically, that may be something that really adds value to them as a set. And it adds value to your work as a set because intellectually, this is something that makes them makes it feel as if you have like a larger story going on. There's a million little things. When I was creating um, sort of card games and tabletop games, like you'd be surprised how much adding gold foil adds to the production quality. I sort of found this on the Pinocchio book that I created when we were making that and when they were thinking about the cover process for at Delcor, we added this gold foil to the, you know, to the cover, the Pinocchio logo is in gold foil. And we had these other little sort of flourishes and things. And everyone who saw that book was just like, man, this thing looks really good. And I think it was like the cover was blue. So we had gold foil and that's a really good color combination, right? Your sort of blue and yellow is a nice sort of, um, color combination. So it kind of all worked, right? 
Um, and yeah, it just kind of had this high quality look. And I, I did that again with a few of the board game tabletop games and, and just adding that foil. And this is not really related to anything, but it's just knowing the little things you can do that are going to give, give a high quality result. Um, you can only learn this through going through the production process, right? Like what's actually going to make this aspiration to have a high quality finish feel real, you know? Now, that's sort of how you would look at it from the production process of a product. But from an image, this is something we often know because the idea that we have in the beginning is often vague and we have these aspirations, you have emotions linked to it, right? I am often thinking I'm going to create a battle scene and it's going to feel like you're in the middle of this chaotic environment. And I'm going to have this thing happen and these people are fighting and these people are fighting and it's going to feel like this and I'm going to have these colors. Now, as you go to complete it, right, and you're creating it during, often what happens is that this vague amorphous idea turns into a real idea. And the idea in your head is often better than the thing that you can create because it's multifaceted and in the beginning often you're imagining it moving and people doing these things when you're illustrating it often you need to know how to turn that vague idea into something real so as you're thinking about it and you're working on it your emotional state is very much a matter of thinking about is this thing as good as my original idea and then you're starting to pivot and look at what are the happy accidents that are happening maybe something else appears where it's not necessarily exactly the same as your original idea, but it may be better. You come up with different ideas and you view the thing differently as you're creating it. It's not an unlimited opportunity or potential. It becomes real and you start to often second guess yourself. This is often where people sort of fall off from a mental standpoint is they go to start something. It's not turning out how they want because suddenly their mental image of how the thing is going changes drastically because they see it being produced and they see it's no longer exactly feeling like the vague mental image they had in their head. And you may have felt this, you may have been imagining something, you go to start it and like, it's not quite turning out immediately exactly how you want. Now, the reality is often it just means you need to finish the thing before you can even tell. But we, we start to second guess ourselves halfway through often. And especially in the beginning, if you're not confident and you're not used to doing this, it's very easy to lose motivation and uh, forward momentum when you're in that middle. Not because you're in the messy middle, just because you're starting to realize that your initial idea is changing and you don't necessarily have the confidence yet to feel like, oh, that's interesting. The more experience you gain with this entire process, with the creation loop, the more you understand that, look, the idea is just a starting point. Ideally, we have an idea and we're able to turn it into a real thing at the end, but that also you can be creative and that if you sort of let go a little bit, it's a little bit zen, but often by letting go of this creative process, you will actually be, have a better chance of trying to actually mold it into your original idea. And often it's that a few ideas you had for how you were going to get that effect of like being in the middle of battle 
having all this chaos there. You thought you were going to do it this way. You started, maybe a few of those things worked, some of them didn't, and you need to find other new creative ways to get that feeling across. That that's okay. It's okay that you find different ways of doing things than you originally imagined. It's okay if the whole process changes. That's fine. That's part of the game. That's part of what makes it fun, honestly, that you don't really know exactly how it's going to happen. And just getting that feeling, right, of that transition, I think is also important. But also the other thing that often people struggle with is the finish, right, is understanding that when you view your image finished, you're viewing it through the frame of having an idea and then going through this process of creating it and then finishing it. So you carry with yourself when it comes to looking at that image for you, you carry the initial vague idea you're, and the feelings and the things that you did and didn't succeed at when you were creating it, maybe the degree to which it matches your original idea and then what you think of it. So we're like very biased in the way that we view our images after we create it. It's very challenging for an artist to accurately see what they have created. It often takes many years of this separation to actually be able to look at it and get a clean view at it. And, and I've said this before where I, when the first time I like finished a, a, a book, right? A, a big project like the Seven Pirates book. And I was just so enmeshed in that project I had so many emotions tied up in that project about, you know, what I sort of wanted it to be. There's these big ideas we have, big feelings we have. And then there's the struggle of like actually getting it to be like anything, you know, like how do I complete these pages in time? How do I deal with the coloring? You know, like which overlay blending mode do I use for my shadows? What color scheme should I use? Like this is not looking quite bright enough and fresh enough when they get to the treasure island thing. So I'm like, I need to make it brighter and then I'm make it brighter. And then it's only when you kind of step back and you look at it and you're like, well, here's like 10 things I did that I was doing to make it look better. But I kind of moved away from that original goal. Um, or I just had a slightly different style I wanted in mind. You know, there's, I wanted it to feel more gritty. I've kind of said this before. And it's only when you kind of look at it not just a year later, but like many years later that I actually see what I made. Because when I first open it up and I look at it, when it comes, I get the first copies. I'm kind of looking at that thing and it's just so in, it's so involved with the creation process that, I mean, certainly I was happy that I'd done it, but my view of it was mostly negative, right? I was mostly like, what I see are the mistakes, what I see are the things that I didn't do. And like here and there, I'm like, oh, I managed to do this well and that well. But, you know, I can't really step back at it and say like, what did I even create? Um, and I think it's interesting because other things that people, other people would say who read the book were like, oh, this is sort of good. It reminds me of this. And I'm like, why would it remind you of that? And it's like, oh, because that's what I actually did. <laughs> um but again, because I thought it was going to be a different way, again, I maybe thought it would be a little bit more gritty or I'd be able to get a different sort of feeling in there. Again, it, it, my view of that was completely tarnished. And it's only through going through these processes and understanding this that you really start to see that you as the artist are never going to be able to assess the work. That this is a major part of the creative process as well, that you get to the end and you'll probably never really know what you made. You'll never be able to experience it like someone else who's viewing it ever. 
Um, and that if, if, even if you do, it'll be like a decade later. It'll be five years later. It's not going to be months later. It's so challenging to do this. And this is where often what you find is people who, suggest, who talk about writing and the creative process for writing, um, the Stephen King method for writing is you just create your first draft. You just create, create, create. You don't look back. You don't look at anything else. You just create, create. You finish it off right at the end. You take that giant stack of paper and you kind of just put it in a drawer, close the drawer, and you just don't look at it for six months. There's so much wisdom in that because it's only then that as a writer, as the creator, you're going to be able to step back and even see what you've created to the point where you might be able to edit it or even have an opinion that is useful. If you try and edit what you've just created, you're so, you, you can't even see what you're actually doing. Um, you're blind to it. And producing and printing the thing and getting it out there helps you to flip the switch in your mind and actually see it for what it is. But even then, it's very tricky for you to really view it. So again, I think the reason this often trips people up is they kind of see this coming, right? You kind of see that it's like very far from your idea. And then when it is finished, you kind of feel as if maybe it's a bit of a failure, right? And often people don't want to publish it. They don't want to press print. Now, the advantage for me working with a publisher is I don't get a choice. It's going out, right? It's getting published. And I think there's something good about that. It's very challenging when you're self-publishing, when you're doing these things on your own to kind of commit. And I think that's why you really have to view this in a bit of a spiritual way where you're just like, look, it's finished. I'm going to put it out into the world and whatever happens, happens. It's very hard to, to sort of really get that. But anyway, so it should be pretty obvious why this trips people up is that you kind of see all these things happening. And I think, again, we imagine that other people who are creating things don't have this challenge. The way that you succeed at this is less about managing the process and getting better to the point where like your idea can exactly match the finished result. I think good artists and people who create things just get good at letting go a little bit and understanding that like this is kind of how it's made. You know, you try your best to do this thing um, but your ability to make it exactly what you imagined is limited and your ability to perceive what you created is sort of limited. And often we're made to pretend that there was this kind of creative intent and this is kind of what we wanted to do and, and all this kind of stuff. But I think that's why often people talk about what they wanted the project to be. And, you know, I think often when you're looking at big video games or movies, people get frustrated because they're like, well, you know, that's not what the movie is or, or whatever. But I think it's very hard for artists to, to really accurately, you know, step back and, and view what they've done, right? There's just an inherent paradox to the way that you have a mental image for something and the way that it kind of turns out. Um, and I think people who are good at dealing with this are good at stepping back and trying to see what do I actually have? How can I actually make this good? Because people don't care what your original idea was. They only care whether the thing they get is good. And that's really the key to understanding this is that you need to step back and just look at like, how can I make the thing that I'm making as good as possible? How can I make this really work? And I think the more you do that, the more you're likely to create things that are good, maximize on the happy accidents, minimize the things that kind of you thought were going to work and you kind of kept hanging on to and they just weren't working. Often people get very good at creatively dealing with this. And this is where you see 
good directors, good leads are really just skilled at seeing like where like this is not working and it's not because we need to push forward. It's just because that was never going to work. We need to change it. We need to have a different idea. So this is all just a matter of that internal creative process and understanding it. And the more you appreciate like the mental image paradox and the, the, the reality that no one's going to see what you actually imagined in your head before the project got created, but that it's important for you to have an idea in your head and it's important for you to try to get it onto the page and it's important for you to realize when that's not working, that this is how things are made and that's how everything else was made. And you have to kind of practice and be comfortable in that storm of uncertainty and to constantly just be figuring out how do I make this better, right? What's right, what's wrong? Um, I think understanding that and being comfortable versus fearing it and thinking like, because again, it's never that comfortable, but if you're running away from that idea, I think you're missing the point of the entire creative process. The third thing here that I think can often trip people up is it's just really a short little way to sum this up. But I think often you can really put yourself in a bad position by hanging around people who aren't committed to this process. And I've spoken about this before, but there's been many points in my career and my life where I've been hanging around people who, for whatever reason, maybe they're just not there yet, but they're not really committed to this lifestyle, this journey, and this understanding of like putting something out there that, you know, again, you're not quite sure about, you know, you've done your best to make it look good, but there's a point where you kind of can't edit anymore. You, you need to put it out into the world. It's the best you can do. And, you know, there's just as much chance by kind of polishing it more, you're going to make it worse as you're going to make it better. You can't really see it. And the only way you're going to learn and get to the next stage is to press print, to press publish, to press upload. That's how you get to the next stage, not by polishing this same thing. Knowing when that point is, is critical, right? Um, you can certainly ship stuff half done. There's a massive problem with people doing that in video games recently, you know, getting pressured by publishers and dealing with this is just generally challenging. But I think there are a lot of people who haven't quite come to that realization yet that when you are creating these things, there is a massive amount of fear. Um, there's a real sort of concern about whether or not this is going to succeed, you know, whether this is going to be good and whether other people are going to critique and criticize you. And I think this is often because when people are coming from a consumer mindset, like you're used to reading comics, playing video games, buying art books, you're often, you know, we're assessing whether these things are good, whether we want to buy them, whether we want to partake in this thing. And we're being very critical of the people who are creating stuff. That's kind of how you look at a purchasing decision, a consumption decision. Do I want to watch this movie on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever it is, right? And you're clicking. Uh, we're assessing quality. We're critiquing. Um, and I think people, if you're in that mindset and you're not in the creative mindset, which again is all those things I've talked about previously, I think often people freeze up and they don't actually want to push those ideas forward, right? They're, they're massively afraid of either success or failure or anything. Um, and again, they're just not committing to the chaos that is the creative process. And they're just stuck a little bit in that sort of older, um, again, sort of consumer mindset. And I think the biggest thing is, yeah, not really understanding and committing to that challenge and the creative process and, and what goes on. And, you know, the fact that this is going to be messy, they're kind of imagining that everything is kind of clean and, 
you know, that people who've tried and, and taken their best shot and maybe come up short with a creative project, you know, that that's just because those people were stupid. Um, and, you know, they just should have known better. And it's like, the more you get into this, the more you realize is like often just making it in the first place is immensely challenging and having one little thing not quite right in a big film production or a comic book production or again you know having some people wanting it to go this way and some people wanting it to go that way and you're both kind of pulling and ends up just kind of slamming into the wall right um that's just kind of something that happens and it's not because someone was stupid or wasn't doing the right thing it's just kind of you know one of these natural parts of the creation process um, and I think what that's sort of typically the sort of attitude you will find a lot of people have. And I think just that switch and that understanding that, you know, there's not an obvious reason why some things are good and some things are bad, that sometimes, you know, you have an idea and you try your best to kind of create it and it just doesn't quite come out well, especially in the beginning. It is very likely that will happen in the beginning for a lot of these people. So, there can be with a lot of individuals just a lot of fear of that creative process. They see that, they want to do it, but they're not yet committed to that as a lifestyle, right? Um, and, and so they sort of talk about it more. They critique ideas and they think, again, just perfecting the idea phase is going to get it done. And in my experience and in my opinion, strongly, that's not what – that never happens. You, you need to commit to the process for, for all the reasons I've said previously. So – the other thing is like, if you actually look at the creative process, this, this is one of the funny things is like, often the stories we like the best about our favorite director or actor is like how a project was, you know, on the brink of ruin and it was all going badly and it was all looking like this was, you know, the end of days. This thing was finished. It wasn't working. You know, all the actors walked off set and then finally someone figured out how to make it work, right? Someone ad-libbed a scene, rewrote a little bit. Something happened and that turned into magic and that magic made it this sort of cinema, you know, sort of centerpiece that lasted for centuries, right? Whatever it is, that, you know, oh, we were making this game and then all of a sudden we realized that game sucked and that thing was never going to be it. So then we pivoted and then we finally did this. Everyone loves those stories. We love the story of the Silicon Valley pivot, right? Which is basically just like creatively changing directions, right? It's like, it's funny how we, we often need names for these things, right? But, you know, again, it's basically, you know, a Silicon Valley pivot just means like your product was not good, and you desperately tried to save it by making a different product. Um, but it's often the name that we have for these things. It's the way we view these concepts that changes how when we're in that storm of failure and uncertainty of the creative process that we figure out a different option that it actually turns out to be good. People love these stories. This is the stuff that a lot of those people critiquing the creative process and, and sort of saying, oh, why didn't these people do the right obvious choice? They love these stories, but they're not willing to commit to being the person who is in the middle of that storm of failure and then spotting, right, the little light in the darkness of the thing like, oh, if I just did this, the whole thing might actually work. Um, or this thing just happened by accident and no one actually decided to do it. But we noticed that it was working and we started to do more of that. Everyone loves that, but it's very hard to live that. So it's just important to understand that you, 
you do need to be around people who are going to actually appreciate what it's like to be there, not being separated from it and commenting on and criticizing the idea was a silly one. Oh, these people couldn't quite do it. And oh, it sort of failed. And it was obviously for these reasons that everyone knows. And all you need to do is just, you know, do X, Y, Z, and then all projects would be good. And why can't these people make good art books or, you know, prints or whatever? Like why, why, um, again, you need to commit to being a creator of things, um, of making things, of producing things, of being in the trenches, of doing it day in, day out, and dealing with those creative struggles. Um, and I think when you surround yourself with more people who are interested in that, you have different conversations. It's not always a matter of like, you know, thinking about here are the formulaic ways you can solve this, right? You have very different conversations with people. Um, and I think the real difference here is in how we handle that journey and how we handle that sort of stress and pressure and what you think about, um, you know, and, and often again, the conversations I will have with people who are working on their projects and they're not going well or whatever, is just like, how's it, how's it going? And it's like, ah, I still don't know where it's going, right? It's just this, this problem's here and we just talk about it, right? Um, it's not a matter of like trying to find like, oh, here's the obvious solution or whatever. It's very challenging to find a good solution for those things when they're going wrong. Uh, often it's just a matter of appreciating, right? We're just like, yeah, that, that sucks, right? Um, oh, you know, like hopefully it'll be better next week when we catch up. Um, you know, and, and I think just being around people who are going to, you know, accept that and, and not necessarily being critical or talking about it in, in a way that's not sort of useful, let's say. That's not really, you know, based around like this modality of success or failure or you're doing the wrong thing, wrong ideas, right? You're just in the middle of the creative process. We're trying the best we can. Um, and just understanding and appreciating that like this is a huge challenge to do this. And not just that, like often the challenge is not just doing it once, but it's doing it again. You know, you have one thing that works, one image that works, it's working really well. And then you got to do another one. And when that one starts to be, look like it's not as good as the first one, you're like, well, what changed? You're like, am I good? Am I not good? It's like, look, some things turn out well, some things don't, you know, some things you had a good idea and it was just obviously a good idea. Sometimes magic strikes, sometimes it doesn't. The way we control this and make it more consistent is through embracing the chaos. It's not through trying to, again, formulaically say, oh, I've created one piece. That means all my pieces after this will be good. There is an element to where you need to be focused. And at any point, the thing you're doing could fail if you make a wrong decision. If you're not doing that, it's probably a bit formulaic, which there's nothing wrong with that. But again, you know, often that doesn't necessarily end up with the best stuff. It often avoids us creating complete garbage, but it doesn't often end up with the best stuff. So I think just being around people who appreciate this challenge, understand this challenge, and are also working through their creative pro problems will really help you to get in the right mindset. Um, I think if you're hanging around people who are still in that cons consumption mindset can be really challenging because they are very critical and the way they view things is, is very much like, oh, you know, this is good or bad. Um, and they just can't appreciate what it's like to be in that chaotic environment. So it's a little bit of an aside, right? And, and I'm not trying to show, throw shade on people who you know, aren't doing that or if you're sort of still in that mindset. Again, it takes a while. It takes a long time to really understand these creative processes, understand how you overcome that fear um, and worrying about people thinking about whether your project is good or bad or 
um, you know, all these ideas you've had before you start really getting into this. It just takes a while. So it's not necessarily like, oh, these people are silly or, or whatever. It's just, I think people who are doing this creation stuff all the time, you know, we, we, we understand that creative process and that's sort of what we're talking about a little bit more than sort of, uh, again, you know, does this suck? Is this not good? Are you following these simple rules? All this stuff that's kind of, you know, armchair uh, quarterbacking, right? It's kind of backseat driving. Um, and again, I've been very much, um, you know, sort of guilty of that in the past. And, and the more that I go forward, the more I train, just do it, right? If I find myself criticizing something or, you know, thinking, oh, this is easy. Why didn't this person just do this? It's like, I just try and do it. And you realize that most things are very challenging and that there's something very cathartic about just embracing that challenge and dealing with that. And that's kind of what you spend most of your time doing if you're creating a lot of creative projects. It's just dealing with the creative challenges that come up from day to day and constantly trying to say, why is this not working? How can I fix it? You know, what's going to be better? Um, yeah, and just not not really sort of worrying quite so much about whether it's going to succeed or fail, mostly just trying to make it better. All right, so some fairly sort of amorphous thoughts there. As usual, as normally happens on a Visual Scholar podcast, let's do some quick takeaways because I, I feel like probably, look, I think you understand what I'm trying to sort of get at here that often, you know, it's just not really understanding the process that causes people to kind of fail, right? To not really finish the project because we just don't, we sort of lose energy or whatever it is. There's a lot of narratives we have, but in my opinion, it's just a matter of, you know, not understanding the simple process. But I'm not really just saying it's like a simple process because it's a matter of the complexity of your mind, your, your creative energy, and that's where it gets complicated. Not every creative process is the same. It's not just a matter of saying, oh, you know, look, I just need to, you know, follow these steps. This is just the stages that we go through. But the complexity is infinite in the way that you, you sort of approach that and the ideas that you have and the creative solutions that you come up with. This is why it's very hard to find formulaic things that actually work. There's a lot of frameworks that will help you, but often it is just a matter of looking what's right in front of you and trying to say like, is this good or not, right? Is this, you know, heading towards the right direction? Does this match the overall vision we have? And constantly that's what we're trying to do. And good products are there because people just are constantly doing that and they're constantly tweaking, constantly making things, um, you know, a little bit better. And when something's really not working, they're just calling it a spade as a spade, right? Like, let's fix this. Let's make this better. Um, it's like a yes, yes attitude, uh, positive brainstorming. We're just constantly trying to fix things. And, and I think, again, that is the creative spirit, right? Being in that sort of positive mindset. Anyway, let's do some quick takeaways so we can try and think about how to actually apply all of that vague information. If we look at an analytical takeaway, I think the first thing to really understand is like, this is a skill. Being creative is a skill. Now, not everyone can necessarily build this skill because a lot of people just don't have the stomach for the chaos that can be involved, right? A lot of people want stuff that's a little bit more linear. You want to work in a creative production environment where like the, the input and the output are more defined, like just do this and do that. You kind of know when you're succeeding a little bit more than when you're in control of everything. As an individual artist who is trying to kind of create projects, you are taking on that directorial role where like it's all up to you. There's no real right or wrong. It's just a matter of sort of what you can do. And I think that can be very terrifying, but it is a skill. The only way to get better at it is just to practice it, 
rate and, and to think about it and, and to listen to the stories other people tell and to appreciate and figure out who you are, how your creative process works. What do you like doing? Do you like something more linear? Do you need more structure? Do you want more frameworks? Are you just ready to embrace the chaos? Everyone's different, right? Even writers who talk about different ways of working. I mentioned Stephen King has the Stephen King method of writing, which a lot of people kind of follow, but many other people outline it. You know, they really figure out exactly what's going to happen before they even write the book. And, you know, then it's just a matter of sort of filling in the details. Other people are all the way in between. Again, a lot of people like to create their art spontaneously. A lot of people like to plan. It really is a matter of you, how your creative process works. And when you are doing it all yourself, you have a lot of freedom here. So you can really get to the heart of how you work. But that whole thing is just a skill. And it's like riding a bike. You're not going to get it right the first time. There's a whole bunch of things you have to get going at, at once. But if you keep working at it, eventually it kind of will start to work a little bit better. And you don't necessarily need to be able to know why. And this is why that idea of the, the armchair quarterback style approach to being critical, it just doesn't really work because I think often we're making very intuitive decisions creatively. We, we, we're often relying on subconscious ideas and, you know, like, oh, this needs to be better. This is not quite feeling right. How do I fix it? Like, oh, that feels a bit better. Um, sometimes there's analytical reasons why we can sort of externalize why this is not working, but often it's just a matter of saying, oh, I feel it needs to be a bit more like this. And insofar as I think people get good at articulating why, it's just so we can try and communicate with bigger teams, right? But often we are dealing with intuition, a feeling like something needs to be different. We need a bit more here, a bit more there, you know, um, tweak things a little bit. These are often not things you can readily explain. So you're not necessarily going to, you know, be able to explain exactly why you can ride the bike, but at some point you just get better at it. It's a skill and eventually you will be able to ride it. Obviously, the key takeaway there is that look, it's going to take time. You can't just do it perfectly the first go. This is something that you do need to experiment with. You do need to figure out how you work because as I said, it's a creation loop. And you only can learn once you complete the loop. You can't learn by thinking or reading books. The whole thing is a weird, somatic, full-body, nervous system, uh, subconscious mind interaction where you're really trying to feel out and use as many of your faculties as possible. Again, people who think it's formulaic often don't produce work that that's good. It does take time. You need to practice these things. And, you know, um, that's just the reality of it. If you want a really simple bro level takeaway, I would say just keep going. But remember to have fun. I think it's important to understand that the next one will always be better. This is an iterative process and it's important to just keep going, to understand you're going to create these things, to understand this is, you know, part of a chain. The next project will be better and it's your, you know, ability to work on this one that will make the next one better. So again, just keep going, have fun the next one will be better. If we look at a practical takeaway, besides just doing it, this is the only way you can really learn. If you want to learn about the creative process, one of the best things you can do is just listen to the way that people actually talk about it. I think if you look at behind the scenes discussions about directors or you read books on writing, you read books on the creative process, often people do sort of paint over and cover over 
the struggles that they have. And this is one of the biggest challenges I find and I found early on trying to learn art is often people wouldn't show their mistakes. This is why when I'm trying to teach drawing, I'm trying to do it in real time. And if I make a mistake, in most cases, I want people to see me make the mistake and then erase it and fix it. Um, if the program doesn't work, they, you need to see that like this happens all the time, that it's not always just some linear, like, oh, I create this. Whereas I often would find looking at early tutorials that were in books, it was like a step-by-step. -step. It's like, you do this and this and this. And you never saw like, well, what happens if that doesn't work in the middle? Because that's what happened to me. I try it and I'd be like, oh, this doesn't work. Oh, I guess I didn't understand the step-by-step. I think it's true that people do paste over these things and that we try and present the creative process as more linear than maybe people would like. And I think this is often because the people putting together books, the people putting together courses at the top level, want it to seem linear. They want it to seem easier. It's easy to sell something like that. We are a little bit afraid as a society of the creative process and the chaos there and the fact that like there isn't always a solid plan and that you know stuff is just chaotic. And I think what you find is like, this is the same for everything. If you look at how a lot of these big things are created, how something like the iPhone was created, if you actually looked in the back room at all the prototypes that were made, at all the chaos that happens, there's the classic story of Steve Jobs getting an early iPhone prototype and kind of saying, this thing's too busy, um, too big, sorry. And, you know, the tech, the sort of engineers were saying like, we, we can't make it any smaller. Uh, and he like threw it in a fish tank or something like that. And he said like bubbles are coming out. And he said like, look, there's bubbles coming out. That means there's air in there. I want you to get rid of the air. And this is a good example of the chaos that happens in production that people were like, oh, we're going to make it like this. Then we'll make it like that. And when you hear those stories, people are like, oh, ha, ha, that's kind of, you know, like that's kind of hilarious, right? Because obviously he did the right thing. But, you know, that was a point in time where probably if someone didn't apply that pressure and didn't see the creative idea not quite coming to fruition, like, oh, we got this nice little thin thing, but it's chunky. Like, no, it needs to be a certain, it needs to be thin. If someone's not willing to kind of understand that this is not working and we need to kind of push forward or change direction or drastically that this critical thing is important, then you wouldn't get those products that we see. And I think behind all of the products that you see where someone's saying, here's the finished thing, you can tell with a lot of that technology, if you look at the leaks that are behind, here's the latest iPad or here's the latest iPhone, is often they're trying to get a particular feature in, you know, and they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing some new camera, some new screen technology, some new touch thingy, and it just fails and it doesn't make it into the product. And they're like, well, I guess this product is this one. But again, Apple will still say, this is the thing we made and it's perfect. And there's something you have to understand there that the stories of the chaos are always there and they're in the back room. They're behind the curtain. Once you get into those industries, you hear about how they're made. And if you worked any job, you understand this is a fundamental part of what's going on, right? If you work at a fast food restaurant, you understand how the sausage is made, right? It's messy behind there. What we presented as products, as consumers, is very sanitized, we marketed a finished perfect product that just kind of came out of nowhere. You don't see the, you know, the dirt on the floor in the kitchen. You don't see the million products and prototypes that didn't actually make it to market. We often hear about these ideas as cool stories of how creative people pushed boundaries. But what I would do is I would look for those and really pay attention to them because 
that's just a drop in the bucket. And most of the time when you're on one of these big projects, the number of things that fail is immense and you don't hear about all of them. And when you hear about creative people talking about their process, listen to what what they're saying about how they had real trouble and how they failed. We're often only even allowed to talk about those things if we have a funny anecdote, if we can make it sound like a good pro, a good little quip. That's why you hear about the Steve Jobs throwing the iPhone in the fish tank because it's funny. You probably don't hear the, the thousand other times he yelled at someone because something just wasn't quite right. That wasn't funny. <laughs> it was just miserable. Um, and this is why often, you know, directors of these big movies that everyone likes, you see the behind the scenes and this jolly little fellow kind of, you know, just really caring about the craft. And then you hear the stories of people who work on those films and it's just like that guy screaming at someone and abusing them um, because they didn't do something right. You don't hear the story of how things are actually made because people don't want to hear it. You don't want to know that that's how The Lord of the Rings was made is Peter Jackson screaming at a whole bunch of people, right? Um, you, want to, you want to believe the magic. So we fed a sanitized version of it. Um, but the reality is you have to understand when you're working on your creative project that this is the default. This is the norm is that things are chaotic, stuff works. You have to really push for quality all the time and that there's just a challenge to that. So again, this is less of a practical thing, but it really is a matter of when you are observing the stories that people tell about how things are created, really pay attention to the negative stories because there's more there than you imagine. And I think also people are actually telling you not just like Here's one thing that happened as I was writing my book that sort of went wrong. They're kind of trying to tell you that, you know, there was a lot of those things and that this is a very challenging process. And that often, again, when we hear that story of like, oh, I thought it was going to be like this way and I changed direction. Everyone loves it. But we don't love the thought that, you know, maybe that happened a hundred times when you were working on something or that the story about the character that everyone loves was actually going to be a completely different character. And, you know, then before that, they were going to be a completely different character. And the story was going to be about something else. It's like, it takes away from the magic. And there is a sense of like magic to this. Where as creators of products, we do hide the creation process. We show people the magic. We show them the trick. We don't want to show them how it's done. As a creator, Unfortunately, you have to learn that that is how everything is made. So pay attention to these stories and understand that that is actually where the magic happens. It's in those little things. There's much more of them than you, than you might imagine. There's much more challenge. There's much more changing of direction. And that that's just normal. That is, in fact, the beauty of it. And as a philosophical, spiritual takeaway, I'd probably just echo what I have been saying, which is to say that the creation process is messy. It's not linear. It's one of these things where, you know, you don't necessarily want to know how it's done if you're not doing it because it's immensely challenging and it's immensely messy, but it's nevertheless what we are here to do. It's the thing we are going to live. And insofar as you get good at creating large projects, it's not necessarily that you are going to deal with less chaos. It's that you're going to feel better about it. As you're surfing the tumultuous seas of different choices and different things happening, this thing that you had in your mind, right, completely crashing and burning, 
It's not that that happens less. It's just that as you get used to this process, you get used to sailing those seas of creativity. When everything's going pear-shaped, when everything's going chaotic, it's just much easier to kind of sit there and look at it and go, hmm, that's interesting that that's going really badly. I wonder if we did this. I wonder if we did that. Instead of getting sucked down into the drama, you're just better able to look at what's going on, what's working, what's not, how can we change it, how can we make it better? And your feeling of it becomes much more positive and you feel like you have more control, but the control you have is over yourself and your ability to stay calm and focused and creative and positive and to have fun as you see the ideas that you had not turn out as you see, you know, the methods that you thought were going to, you know, create and make this thing really good turn out, you know, not quite come to fruition as the manufacturer for your product, you know, that you thought was going to really turn out closes. And so now you have to figure out a whole nother thing to, you know, manufacture your th- your product and, you know, the deadline for it's coming up. And that means like, oh, it may not be as good as all this stuff happens. You just get better at trying to say, how do I make this thing good? How do I, you know, stay the course? How do I make my vision happen despite it not being able to happen in that way? And I think it's those skills that will allow you to take your initial idea, be it vague. And it's sometimes good that it's vague because it means there's many ways we can achieve it. It's those skills that will allow you to, again, surf those crazy seas to deal with the chaos and just to stay focused and look at mastering that creative process. It's not that it's going to be more linear, It's just that you're going to feel more linear because you're focused while everything else is being chaotic. Or at least that has been my experience. Anyway, I think that is all we have time for on this particular subject, on this particular episode. Let me know whether these thoughts helped you when it comes to considering, you know, how to deal with your own creative projects. As I said in the beginning, I really think this idea of managing and dealing and building the skills to create your own projects, be they small or big. Again, start with something small. That will be the biggest thing. Start with creating, again, some sort of structure, three little prints, something very manageable. Uh, If you're making a a larger product, again, make it a very simple product. Um, You will build these skills. It's much better to, again, ride a bike with training wheels or on a balanced bike in the beginning, right? There's, There's simple ways you can make this easy. But I really do think this is the key to having a lot of creative freedom in the future and, you know, being able to, I think, advance your career in the future as well. I think these skills are very important. And most importantly, even if it's not really going to change anything you do, it has allowed me to have a lot more peace when I am in those creative chaotic situations. And when I'm collaborating with people, I appreciate the struggles that they're dealing with, right? And I'm less of that sort of critical armchair quarterback at the back just being annoying. Um, I think it's so important to appreciate the people you're working with and, you know, who understands the creative process. The more we do this, I think the better experience you're going to have as you work on things. But uh, yeah, anyway, see you in the next one. 